everyone's favorite game. And Max did it again. He got the dub in the Italian Grand Prix. That's 10 in a row. Some kind of legend he is, eh? Shout out to Verstappen. Chris Eubank Jr. Got himself another dub himself. I was a huge fan of his father, Chris Eubank Sr. Legendary boxer. And um, of course, we've had a whole lot going on in football. As we're going to get into right now. I'm trying to do another quick episode. Yalla, yalla, like they say in RSL. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Um, headlines, we're talking Premier League, Team of the Year, UEFA Team of the Year, uh, Player of the Year, rather, UEFA Player of the Year. Uh, we've got the wrap-up to the, the end of the transfer window. And we've got the huge game, Arsenal versus Manchester United. So, what brands have got stories today? Kind of the same old same. We've got... TNT Sports with our transfer tracker over there. We've got something from BBC, Sky Sports, ESPN, Hindustan Times. I think that's about it for this week. But yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's go. So, very first story. Ladies first, as we like to do. Aitana Bonmati is named the 22-23 UEFA Women's Player of the Year. Shout out to Aitana. This article comes directly from UA for themselves. They've told us that she won 308 points. It wasn't even close. Sam Kerr came in second with 88 points. And Olga Carmona, 72 points in third. Mary Earps, 55 points in fourth. Salma Parayuelo, 48 points in fifth. That is, uh, it's always a huge award to win. Uh, this article is filled with loads of interesting information regarding the competitions that have been played in and what's gone into this decision. I'm not going to read all of that stuff out. You guys can uh, can go and read that if you want to get the show notes. Quick look at the role of honour. So Aitana wins it in 2023. Um, and in the last two seasons consecutively, we've had Alexia Putellas winning that. And then in 2020, we've had Pernal Harder and Lucy Bruns winning in 2019. So, yeah, interesting stuff going on there with the Women's Player of the Year. Moving over to the Men's UEFA Player of the Year. Guess who wins that? Erling Haaland, the robot, as we like to call him. 352 points he racked up, beating Lionel Messi in second with 227 points. Kevin De Bruyne in third with 225 points. That was close between Messi and KDB. Ilkay Gundogan in fourth. I think he had a fantastic season with Manchester City. He went in the treble and everything and he was a key player for them. But he only got 129 points. Rodri, 110 points in fifth. Kylian Mbappe, 82 points in sixth. Seventh, Luka Modric, 33 points only. Marcello or Marcelo Brozovic who's now at Al Nasser 20 points Declan Rice get in there because he's in ninth place with 14 points and Alexis McAllister uh, was in 10th with 12 points and then we got a cheeky Jesus Navas who got some votes he got 6 points and he's in 11th so yeah that's um, 
That's a big deal, man. This is probably the first of many for Erling. He's that kind of player, isn't he? He's going to be winning awards for a very long time. Last, uh, the last player of the year was Karim Benzema. He won it for 21-22. And in other winners, we've got... We just talked about Aitana. We've got the Women's Coach of the Year, who is Serena Weigman. We've got the Men's Coach of the Year, who is Pep Guardiola. And we've also got an interesting one, the President Award. So the President of the Year is Miroslav Klosar. I didn't even know he was a president. So uh, maybe I should click on read further into that. But I'm not going to right now. I'm going to keep it moving. Next up, we've got the team of the year. The Premier League team of the year. What do you guys think is in the team of the year? Well, I can tell you. In goal, we've got Aaron Ramsdale of Arsenal. We've got in the defence, Saliba of Arsenal. Ruben Diaz and John Stones of Man City. Kieran Trippier of Newcastle. I don't think anyone can really argue with that. Uh, Diaz and Stones were fantastic. Stones even playing in midfield. Saliba, of course, was an incredible season for him last year. And um, Trippier, I think he's hands down was, you know, the best fullback in the league last year. Um, Midfield, we've got Odegaard, obviously of Arsenal, Rodrigo and De Bruyne of Man City again. And in attack, we've got Harry Kane of Spurs, Haaland of City and Saka of Arsenal. So three Arsenal players, Saka, excuse me, four, Saka, Odegaard, Saliba and Ramsdale. And then five City players, Haaland, Rodrigo, De Bruyne, Diaz and Stones, which kind of makes sense because in the Premier League, that was the one and two, right? City one, Arsenal two, five City, four Arsenal. Fair enough. Then you've got Trippier from Newcastle and came from Spurs. Nobody else made it in there. Yeah, it wasn't a good year for the likes of Mo Salah or Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, they did well, but just by their own standards, they've done better, haven't they? So, shout out to the team of the year from the Premier League. I've got a little clip in here of something that I haven't actually mentioned yet, which is the young player of the year. I don't know what happened to my notes because I think I was supposed to read that out before I got here. But yeah, a little clip here of Bikayo Saka being announced as the PFA Young Player of the Year. So um, it's nice to have a little look at this clip if you want to go and get the show notes. Um, and I've got another little bit of banter with this clip here. One f- talking about Arsenal versus Manchester United. Now, I would love to talk about this in length because it's a huge day it's a big rivalry isn't it Arsenal versus Manchester United everyone knows that's a big rivalry Um, it's one I've always loved over the years back when Arsene Wenger was manager back when we had Martin Keown battling with Ruud van Nistelrooy you know there's an iconic image for that isn't there with Keown kind of waving his arms in the air like he'd just seen red the red mist descended he lost his head he didn't know what he was doing (laughs) it was that kind of a game it's always been that kind of a game Uh, the Fergie and Wenger years were like incredible we always looked forward to this game and for me this was no different I really wanted to smash Man United in I was on a Twitter spaces earlier having a little chat about the game before it started. Got my prediction wrong. I predicted a 2-0 win, but I did predict Odegaard and Saka to score. And it was unfortunate when Saka had a good opportunity and he couldn't put it away. 
But Odegaard did score. And yeah, I, honestly, although we did win 3-1, I think the score could have been bigger because Saka had that good chance and he was unlucky not to score that. And Kai Havertz missed a really good chance as well. He really should have scored that. So it could have been 4-1. I know Man United had a a contentious decision with Garnacho being ruled offside and you might say that was never offside well yeah maybe VAR worked out for us on this occasion it's not always like that at Arsenal but um, I'll take the win I'll take the win and keep it moving swiftly moving on something else you might enjoy seeing in the show notes there's a fella called Omar Mendoza from Mexico right so he's from the Mexican League he's defending against a guy and he does something really random and he gets a red card he gets sent off for it and I don't know if I can call this dark arts I don't know if th- this is pause worthy this this kind of behaviour right here because he puts his hand where his hand shouldn't go and the opponent is like what are you doing and the ref just sends him off like this is this is bizarre I, I, I don't even I can't even explain it uh, I'd say that's good refereeing rightly so this guy should be getting sent off for that type of behaviour we don't want to see that on a football field <laughs> um, and if you want to see what it is there's a link in the show notes for what I'm talking about there swiftly moving on Hindustan Times this is a funky brand that I've only found since I've started doing this uh, international football roundup right I believe they're from India New Delhi it says on their website Anyway, they've got a story here. The title is Champions League is rigged by UEFA. Former Turkish referees accusation resurfaces after group stage draw. So for those that don't know, we recently had the draws for the European competitions. We've had the Champions League, the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. And now we've got this story resurfacing about these competitions being rigged. So there's a guy called Kakar, not the footballer. Uh, his name is spelled with a C, C-A-K-A-R. Maybe it's Kakar, I don't know. But uh, apparently this guy is an ex-referee, a former Turkish referee, right? And he's accused UEFA of rigging the Champions League and Europa League draws very interesting article here like he's got a whole theory about it um, you guys can read up about it I mean I don't know about that one but apparently this guy was literally on Turkish TV talking about it and everything so interesting read I thought I'll slap that one in the old uh, notes swiftly moving on we've got MLS right the MLS team of the match day. So, you know, like in uh, in Europe, we talk about team of the week and stuff like that. You might see that in FIFA if you're a FIFA player and if you play FIFA Ultimate Team, you're used to seeing team of the week, right? I think in, uh, in MLS, they call it team of the match day. So match day 29, obviously they're well into their season. And it's an interesting team. I like the team. I'm not going to lie, I don't know all the players yet, but I'm getting there. Luciano Acosta of Cincinnati is uh, definitely a player that I like. you got Hector Herrera. Uh, Ricky Puig is in there as well. And what I find most interesting is Kamal Miller. Shout out to Kamal Miller, 
the centre-back, left centre-back for Inter Miami for making team of the match day. So Miami have, uh, they're not in the competitions, the cup competitions anymore. They're just playing the regular MLS season and they've been absolutely trash in that. They're right down the bottom of the table. Um, they've had a couple of matches since the League's Cup and the US Open Cup. Results haven't been fantastic yet. So let's hope like the cup form can translate into the regular MLS League and they can start getting more results. But in this particular game, Miller really put his foot into it. And um, I've got a little clip, like a, a kind of a highlight reel of him just going absolutely crazy. Canadian international, a bit of an unsung hero. I've noticed he likes to go on these marauding runs from time to time. So, I wanted to shout him out. I wanted to make sure he gets his flowers because we're bigging up everyone at Inner Miami, man. Shout out to Miller. Yeah, that's a nice little clip as well, a little highlight reel. Um, we've got some highlights over here of Miami versus Nashville, which is when Miller got his inclusion in the match day team. We've also got highlights of Inter Miami versus... New York I'm not sure where my New York highlights have gone but uh, they're supposed to be in here somewhere um, New York Red Bulls and we've also got a little clip of young Messi now we know that Messi Messi isn't actually that old but maybe you didn't know that he's got a boy called Mateo and young Mateo is a, a budding baller there's a little clip of him having a little kick about before the game and he is not taking any prisoners I tell you he he did like hey he's doing his little tricks his skills he's not making somebody getting grimy like you know what I mean like he's, he's got that competitive spirit he wants to win he wants to win I love it I love it I love it um so shout out to young Messi coming through there in his uh Inter Miami kit maybe he'll be smashing it in the Inter Miami youth team's in the years to come moving on Cucho Hernandez scores a hat-trick I saw uh, highlights of this and it was a good hat-trick man I like him I think he's a good player this Cucho I think he's a good player man I like him he used to play for Watford so he's got a little bit of uh, quality there man you know like it's no joke to play in the championship let alone or to play in the premiership or even the championship a lot of people say that Playing in the championship, they say that the championship is a tougher division than the Premier League, which, you know, some people might find that hard to believe. But a lot of people say that. A lot of people say when the teams get relegated, it's really difficult for them to get promoted again because the league is so tough. It's really competitive. And if you think about it, if you actually think about it, there's a lot of ex-Premier League teams in that division, teams that used to be in the Premier League 10 years ago, five years ago three years ago like there's teams there that don't actually you know teams like like Birmingham was a Premier League team weren't they um, Coventry was a Premier League team many moons ago there's loads of them down there so and these are clubs that have all the infrastructure big stadiums um, lots of revenue coming in it's yeah, imagine just getting promoted up from League One it's going to be really tough competing with all of those teams um, but yeah, uh, Kucho's from 
there he, he did well at Watford over there I remember him scoring an overhead kick and now he scored a hat-trick in the MLS so I'm sure he's going to be one to watch out for he's only young he's about 23, 24 as well he's going to be one to watch out for um, I've got some highlights of Montreal versus Columbus crew Columbus being the team that Kucho plays for where he scores his hat-trick so you guys might enjoy seeing that on to Europe we've got Jude Bellingham the first English player to ever win the La Liga Player of the Month award I just like I'm running out of superlatives to throw at this incredible young man we've had Michael Owen over there we've had David Beckham over there we've had Steve McManaman over there we've had a handful of really talented English players in La Liga and Jude Bellingham is the first one to ever win the Player of the Month and remember he's just signed like he's literally just signed for Real Madrid for over 100 million and in the first month of him being there he's won the play of the month or he's won like it's in it so highlights of Real Madrid versus Hatafe. Uh shout out to Jude he's got himself another goal swiftly moving on somebody who doesn't muck, muck around when it comes to scoring goals is your man at Al Itihad? I know you're thinking, who's that? Who's the guy at Al Itihad? Smitrovic. Remember? No? Okay. Um, well, he's not at Al Itihad. He's actually at uh, Al Hilal. Uh, Al Itihad is the team that Benzema, Karen Benzema plays for. And yeah, Hilal. They're the ones that Mitrovic joined. Now, I've got to say, this guy absolutely banged them in. Like, there's one goal in particular where it's a volley and he just, he catches it so sweetly, absolutely smashes it in. So, yeah, shout out to Mitrovic, man. I'm quite excited about this Saudi league and watching more of it. And it's players like Mitrovic and, and games like this one that get me really interested in it. So, yeah, I'm going to move on from that. Over to... Hey, we're back in Europe. We've got AC Milan. And the reason I've got this AC Milan game here is because Rafa Leal scored a lovely acrobatic overhead kick. When you guys see this, you're going to be like, oh, that was nice. So shout out to Milan. I like watching Milan as well because I like Leo. He's one of my favorite players and they're building a very good team. They have built a very good team. Uh, I like Benesar. He's, he's one of my favorites too. And they've got a couple of English guys. Yeah, man. Um, well, a couple of English guys over in Serie A. Not so much in Milan. But yeah, we have recently had Tomori over there. Um, I'm trying to think of who else because it's Tammy that's at Roma. And I think it was Maitland-Niles who was at Roma, but he's not at Roma anymore. Maitland-Niles is now in France. So I'm just going to have a quick look at the squad actually and see if I can figure out who the other Englishman is there. It might just be Tomori. Loftus-Cheek, that's who it was, of course it was. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he's come over from Chelsea. 
just like Tomori did. So two Englishmen over there, and I'm so I'm I'm doing a bit of a Englishman abroad watch, like slyly doing it. You know what I mean? Like I like watching that for Kane. Kane didn't score this week, so I haven't got any Bayern Munich clips. Um, Bellingham did score this week, and you know he's got to play them up. So we've got a little Bellingham clip at Real Madrid, and yeah, if I can get Tammy Abraham scoring, then you know I'll get a clip of that at Roma. Um, and I do like to watch Milan. You know, we've got Ruben off the cheek over there. We've got Tomori over there as well. Yeah, shout out to the to the English man. They're smashing it. Um, we've got Al Nasser. Al Nasser being the team that Ronaldo plays for, and he's had a fantastic performance in this game. Crazy game this one. Al Nasser versus Al Hazm. Loads of goals. Ronaldo sets up a couple and he scores one. And Mane gets on the score sheet as well. Um, yeah, some nice little patterns of play. I'm, I'm thinking if you guys haven't been watching uh, Saudi football yet, you will enjoy watching this. You will see some nice little patterns of play. It's good stuff, man. Um, and Ronaldo actually gets named the player of the month for August in Saudi Arabia. So he's smashing it over there, as you would imagine. As you would imagine, of course. Um, little write-up from Marker over there. I forgot to mention that we've got Marker. Um, I've got a little clip here from Jurgen Klopp. So, we're just talking about Saudi, right? And Jurgen is a little bit concerned about Saudi now. So, he's had a little talk to the media about his concerns. And he's kind of calling for some kind of action. He wants UEFA to do something. He thinks... Maybe there should be some changes to the rules and the football laws. They should look into it. They should make sure that things aren't going too crazy or there should be something they can do. He's concerned. So this, for me, this is the first time I've seen a European football manager voice their concerns about what's happening in Saudi Arabia. There may have been others that have done it. I'm not saying that he's the first one to do it. It's just the first time that I've come across it. So, if there's more people doing it, let me know. I know how vocal you guys are on social media. You just love to tag me and let me know stuff, don't you? But yeah, if um, if if there is anyone out there who is vocal about this Saudi Arabia thing, I'm all ears. I'd like to hear all the different opinions. Um, but someone that's got nothing to do with Saudi Arabia is Matthews Nunes and I found a nice little story that came from the official Premier League channel on Twitter or X as we're supposed to call it now about Matthews Nunes right and they're saying he used to wake up at 5am to do shifts in his local bakery before training with sporting Lisbon's under 23s back when he was a young and back when he was in the come up he was on his grind and they've got this little uh picture where you can see the difference between him back in the day working a regular job and him now as a Premier League footballer playing for Manchester City so for those that didn't know he's transferred from Wolves to Man City fantastic player he's a player that I first noticed a while ago and when I first noticed him what I noticed about him I noticed he had good ideas I, I thought to myself he's got good ideas but he's a bit rough around the edges like he's not a finished article like he would see a run and he would try to play the pass and then maybe the pass didn't quite make it so he's got the idea but he hasn't got the execution 
uh, or hadn't when I first started watching him. And I also noticed that he was rapid for a centre midfielder. Like in that position, you don't really get players who can just stretch their legs and just, you know what I mean? Just really go, really move. Like sometimes you get players that are a little bit slow, a little bit sluggish. Um, and he's not, he's, he's really not sluggish at all. He's rapid. So the fact that Manchester City signed him, I guess Pep sees something in him. Uh, I, honestly, I think Pep's doing youth development this season. I think that's the mandate. They've gone and got Guardiola in there. They've gone and got Doku. And with Matthias Nunes as well. They've also still got Alvarez. And let's not forget that Erling Haaland is a young man himself. He can still improve. He can still learn and improve and be coached. So I think there's a lot of players that they're coaching. Obviously, Phil Folden's still a young man. You still, and then you've got uh, Ryan Lewis coming through as well. So I think really Pep is doing youth development this season. After winning everything last season, I mean, why not move on some players, bring in some blood in some youths, kind of rebuild your team, you know, why not? Um, so talking about rebuilding your team, we've got PSG. Um, Fabrizio Romano put out this tweet listing all of the players that PSG have signed in this transfer window is absolutely insane there's a great picture here with Luis Enrique and he's happy band of men and look at these names Manuel Ogate Milan Skrinra Arnaud Tinas Lucas Hernandez Marco Asensio I think they've been playing him as like a false nine he played uh, today in today's game they absolutely smashed Leon today and the ultras were upset. I I would put a link to the show notes, but I just did. I just don't really like the sources that I saw it from. I don't really want to put it in because it's not like an official source. Like it came from, um, you know, Eurosport, TNT Sports, something like that. It was just like a, you know, like a fan kind of channel or something. But you can you can look for it if you want to see it. If you just get onto Twitter and type in Leon ultra i'm sure you're gonna find it basically what happened was because psg smashed in leon the ultras were unhappy and they wanted to address the team and i don't know how it all happened but we're seeing this clip of the leon players all in a line and there's this one guy who's supposedly the head of the ultras with a microphone and he's letting it rip like it's like it's in french so if you don't understand French, maybe you're going to need a translator. <laughs> but it seems like he's letting it rip and the camera's like giving you little close-ups on all of the Leon players' faces and they are looking embarrassed. It looks like, you know, like uh, they're getting a talking to from the head teacher, like naughty kids getting told off, getting a detention. It looks, looks like that. So yeah, bad, 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 bad result. It was like 4-1 getting smashed by PSG and Essential was playing as a striker so I didn't watch the match but I believe because he was playing as the furthest player forward he's probably going to drop into midfield and play it like a fourth nine kind of way but anyway so they've got Marco Asensio they've got Goncalo Ramos who had a good World Cup with Portugal uh, Usman Dembele from Barcelona 
Kang Lee, never heard of this guy. Shen Do, don't know who that is either. Javi Simmons, the Dutchman. Wait a minute, did they sign Javi Simmons? Didn't he? Didn't he used to play for PSG back in the day? Anyway, and then wait, what? I can't even see him in the picture. But wasn't Javi Simmons on loan? I thought he was on loan in the Bundesliga or something. I don't know what's going on here. Bradley Barcola, I think he was playing for Leon last season. Um, and Randall Colo Muani. So they've been busy. They've been very busy. As stated. Only a couple of more stories to go. We've got Nottingham Forest transfer news. And Steve Cooper's side bolstered by seven players shopping spree on deadline day. This is a fantastic article by Rob Dorsett from Sky Sports. I definitely recommend you guys read this one. It's it's a feature, it's a feature length thing we got going on here. Detailing what's happening at Nottingham Forest with their transfers. They're talking about the owner. They're saying it's not panic buyers, it's a plan. There's all different kinds of players coming in that you can read about. The marquee signing is one that I will touch on. Ibrahim Sangari. He's a guy, yeah, where you would have thought he could go to a bigger team. He like he was playing at PSV. He played against Arsenal when like they beat Arsenal um last season in the Europa League. And he looks a decent player. He's still kind of youngish. Must be like 24, 25. And they signed him for like 30 million. So it's good, 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 good business there, you know. And uh, he can get better. And we'll see how he does in the Premier League. He's a big lump though. The one thing I don't like about him is the lack of mobility. I felt like Arsenal, you know, obviously we've got players like Odegaard in midfield. We could just dance around this big lump. But maybe some players won't be able to do that. Um, but yeah let's see how he does I'm excited to see how he does in the Premier League I like him they've got Divock Origi as well they brought him back to the Premier League it's good for I think it's good recruitment for a team like Nottingham Forest they've sold one of their best players Brennan Johnson gone to Spurs 47.5 million that's a huge deal that's a big deal man ain't no joke um, and if you read this article, you're going to see a huge list of business that they've done. Players coming in, players coming out, all in the summer transfer window. They did the same kind of thing when they got promoted last season and they've just done it again. Um, this is another thing I was talking about on the spaces. I'm really impressed with how they're doing their business because they're not messing around like last season they kind of raised the floor of quality in their squad because they just got promoted from the season below so they're probably thinking we don't have Premier League quality and they recruited so many players it was like 20 odd players that they brought in and then they did some more shopping in January and this season they said yep yeah, we, we definitely want to stay in the Premier League again so now we want to improve on the quality and they brought in a whole bunch of players all over again and they moved some of their players out as well. Some of the players that they felt like, okay, these guys aren't really on the level anymore. They moved them out. And they brought in a whole bunch of quality. 
There's some undercover gems. They like they went and got the guy, the goalkeeper from Benfica, the Greek goalkeeper, Vlacho, Vlacho Dimos. They've gone and brought CHO back, Callum Hudson Adoy. Five million they've signed him for from Chelsea. Chelsea just said, just take him, just take him. He's been out on loan. He hasn't been doing well. They said, just take him. Five million. So. Essentially, they've sold Brennan Johnson for like almost 50 mil and then they've signed a player who plays in a similar kind of way to Brennan does for 5 million. Now, he's obviously not a player in good form and looking like he's going to come straight into the team, but he's still young. If they can get the best out of him, that could be incredible business there. Could be. They've got Nuno Tavares. Nuno Tavares on loan from Arsenal and if they want to keep him they can keep him man I think truly I'm going to enjoy watching them I'm going to enjoy watching Sangare Origi you know they already got Matt Turner from Arsenal they brought in another goalkeeper now don't even know who's going to play oh, look at that they've got Anthony Alanga from United Oh, and they got Montiel on loan from Sevilla. Look at the... the, the. Go read this article. The recruitment is incredible. Okay, we've got Juan Mata, the former Spain midfielder. Premier League uh, fans should remember Juan Mata. He signed for Vissel Kobe in Japan. That's an article that comes from the BBC. They say he's 35 years old now. And he's off to Japan. I would have liked to see him pop up in the MLS. That would have been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that kind of brings me to the end of uh, all of the items on the agenda. I talked for a bit longer than I thought I would was going to do. But it's not bad. We're around the 30 minute mark. We're not bad. About 35 minutes. Um, over off to the transfer tracker. Where um, I guess the last few stories to talk about on deadline day were Sofian Amrabat joining Man United. Spurs signing Brennan Johnson, PSG signing Randall Colomwani, and Liverpool signing Gravenberch. I almost forgot about that. Liverpool signed Ryan Gravenberch from Bayern Munich. I think that is a fantastic signing for them, especially because they'd let so many midfielders go. They let Fabinho go. They'd let Henderson go. They didn't really replace them. They were going for Laviar and Caicedo. They couldn't get any of those deals over the line. They did bring in another guy, like a a guy from the Bundesliga, and I, I don't know much about him. I think he's like Korean or Japanese or something like this. Um, haven't seen much of this fella, but I'm, I know that Klopp really likes the Bundesliga, so he probably knows how to get the best out of this player. And Graven Birch, man, I loved watching Graven Birch when he was playing at Ajax, when he went to Bayern Munich. I knew it was going to be a tough team for him to break into that midfield with like Kimmich and Goretzka and these universal soldiers, you know, these Ivan Drago looking super soldiers with the strength serum and all of this stuff. It's going to be tough for him to break in. Proved it was, but he's back in, he's back in another team. He's back in favour, hopefully. I think he's probably going to have a good chance of playing for Liverpool because, you know, they've got guys like Curtis Jones, um, Harvey Elliott in their midfield. These guys are lightweight. They've they've recently been playing Gakpo and Dominic 
I'm not going to say his last name because I can't say it properly but Dominic Slubber whatever and um, these guys are a bit lightweight and like they're not really that goonish if that's even a word but Graven Birch looks like a goon he's six foot plus big guy got a good all-round game and he's got quick feet you know like how the Dutch do it man the Dutch know how to play football so he's one of those he's one of those man and um, I'm going to enjoy watching him at Liverpool he's, I think he's a great son I'm really excited about Graven Birch signing for Liverpool they also rejected a 150 million pound bid for Mohamed Salah from the Saudi league man I like how they're doing it all there because it's so different because in England and in Europe the clubs are signing the players but in Saudi the league is signing the league is saying we want to sign this player and then the league are going to give the player to whatever team that they want to give him to it's amazing it's just so different I've been doing my reading I haven't finished yet I'm not ready to talk about it uh, next week we'll probably do a transfer and round up transfer wrap up maybe we can get into some of the Saudi stuff if I finish doing my research by then maybe not I don't know but either way I hope you've enjoyed uh, the world football news remember you can get all the clips and the highlights and you can also get your subscription to Apple TV where you can go and watch Leo Messi play the world's favourite game alright peoples I'm going to be out for now I hope you're all good boys and girls and non-binaries until next week when we pick up the football news again. Peace.